What's up, guys, and welcome back to my podcast. Ah, I'm gonna have to think of a better intro. Hello, and welcome back to Turning Point Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing the sentiment and the lesson behind the name of this podcast, Turning Point. But first, I thought I'd start off with some personal recommendations. Um, This week, I'm gonna recommend to you, drumroll please, a band called Eagle and Child. Now I'm like, (laughs) kind of a hipster when it comes to music. I don't like uh, anything that kind of sounds like pop. Um, I don't like, you know, limit myself to Christian music, but I do tend to like bands that are (laughs) <laughs> you know the bands that are like, we're not a Christian band, we're Christians in a band. Uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for those, um, anything that kind of sounds indie and acoustic guitars. But anyway, this band is called Eagle and Child. I've been listening nonstop to their album called Sight, which is their most recent one. Um, their, ca- their sound is kind of like rock. So yeah, I've just been really enjoying that. Um, another recommendation is another podcast called This Cultural Moment. And I've been listening to it from the beginning. I think they have about like three years worth of episodes, but it's just um, commentary on the church and yeah, the cultural moment that we're in. Um, It's just a lot of good information and good perspective. That's been very helpful for me. So yeah, Eagle and Child and this cultural moment are what I've been listening to. But now let's get into our topic, why I chose the name Turning Point. Have you ever been so deep in something that you knew you needed to stop? Like looking at your phone before bed um, and you've just been on it for so long that it seems too late or even pointless to turn off your phone and finally go to sleep. It's like you're suppressing the guilt so that you won't have to acknowledge that what you were doing is wrong or not the best because it seems like ending that behavior means you knew that it wasn't worthwhile all along all along, sorry, and just you have this fear of being honest with yourself and changing. It's the deep-seated idea of sunk cost. Now, (laughs) sorry, rabbit trail. Um, This concept, sunk cost, always reminds me of a psychology class I was in in um, my community college a couple years ago, and this professor, he was one of, he was the type of professor who opened the first day of class saying, I am a hard A professor, people hate me, and it's because I rarely give out 100% or A's, so you're going to have to work your butt off in this class. And so me, at 17, was like, I'm going to get an A out of pure spite, to spite you, because you said that. Um, So I did, I worked really hard, and um, so I remember, like, so much of what I learned in that class, more than any other class, because I had to spite them and do really well. I especially remember the module on logical fallacies and just these mindsets that humans tend to operate on without really realizing it and without realizing that they're false, Uh, especially this one called sunk cost. It's pouring more resources into a bad investment simply because of all the resources you've already spent on it. Um, It's like fixing up a really bad car because you can't You don't want to get rid of it because you've already put so much work and money into it, even though you've already spent way more fixing it than it would have cost to just replace the car. 
So that's sunk cost, and often that's what stops us from turning from bad behaviors. There's also the fear that God will be disappointed in you and won't accept you when you come crawling back. I know it's really humiliating to say, I'm sorry, after such a long streak of knowing disobedience. I have been there a lot. But what if it was never too late? What if that crippling fear of honesty was actually holding you back from more freedom than you've ever hoped for yourself? For months now, uh, in a very recent season, I was stuck in this rut of self-pity. And to be fair, I felt like I had a lot of reasons to. Um, it felt like just loss after loss after loss over this like five-month period. And that combined with just the way the world is unraveling before our eyes and it just, there just seemed to be every reason to stay where I was and stay just sad and bitter. <laughs> In my head, I knew that God was still good. I knew that God still loved me and I knew that he was in control. However, my heart was just cold and fragile. The worst part was I knew what would help me. I knew how to heal. I knew that I should turn to thankfulness. I knew to seek God. But when it came down to it, I didn't want to. I wanted to stay where I was, wishing God would just give me back what I had so that I could be happy again. But here's the good news. God did not give up on me. Looking back, I can see so many little reminders of his love and all the ways he was getting my attention and turning my heart back to him. When I finally, finally was honest with myself, I realized that under all the Christianese and verses I had memorized, I really had just become bitter towards God. And I knew that was wrong and selfish and human, but there it was. And I just, I couldn't admit that to myself because it broke the image of this perfect Christian that I was. But repenting of that brought me such an unbelievable relief. And even more, it brought me hope. Hope that I would heal, that I wouldn't have to be chained to the sadness, even though I still carry it with me. It was a turning point. It was a big turning point in my life. But that's not the whole story of why I chose this name. Now, throughout my life, I've gone through many seasons similar to this. This was not new to me, where I was stuck in complacency or disobedience, which are arguably the same thing, and it culminated in repentance and a resolve to do better. Uh, it kind of was discouraging to look back at my life and see how many times I needed to change and turn my life around. Um, but this time, my outlook has been different. The gospel saves you not once, but every day of your life. Who am I to think that I am so close to perfection that I'm just at 98% that I think that one little mini revival and one little repentance in my life will be enough? Now, if I need one every year, every month, or every day, then so be it. That's the beauty of grace, that your salvation, my salvation, doesn't depend on your achievements, how long your obedience streak was, um, how quickly you repent, none of those things. Your salvation depends on what Jesus achieved for you. And if you ask forgiveness, he will forgive you. It's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Salvation doesn't depend on your achievements, but on what Jesus achieved for you. So because of that, every day in your life can be a turning point like that. So don't give up. Don't let that guilt and that self-doubt and that sunk cost mentality hold you back from starting over every single day. God loves a repentant heart. God loves people who seek him. You think of David, and he was he was kind of a dirtbag at times. I'm sorry. <laughs> but some of the most beautiful psalms are him are of repentance and lamentation over his sins. And he was so honest. He was so just self-aware that he was evil but and sinful by nature, but that God was the one who saved him and who was holy and righteous. Uh, so don't let that guilt or self-doubt hold you back from starting over again every day, every minute, however much you need it. So I was listening to a podcast recently, actually, it was an episode of This Cultural Moment, and it analyzed history through the lens of repetitive revival and it was really encouraging because if you're just looking in your lifetime and i've only been alive 20 years so it's really small it just seems like humanity <laughs> america is constantly consistently going downhill and away from the lord just getting worse and worse and worse but in reality if you look at history on a larger scale there's been so many there's been long periods of godlessness, God, sorry, godlessness, followed by revival. Um, there was the Great Awakening, great, oh my gosh, the Great Awakening, the Reformation, and the, you know all the missionaries who have gone into these foreign lands. Like, it's not just a downhill slope; it's a cycle. That's, it's a cycle of our lives. It's a cycle of history. Um, I mean, just remember the Israelites at the time of the judges, like that's the classic example of this cycle of turning away from God and repentance and then forgetting God over and over again. And if you think of the disciples of Jesus, like <laughs> they misunderstood him so much and they, they seem kind of silly to our eyes, but those were the ones God chose to use. All the greats in the Bible are very imperfect people who were used by God. If you look at the Hall of Faith, those were people who obeyed through faith. Uh, but they weren't perfect. They had God's forgiveness. Now, don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean that it just doesn't matter if you sin, if you deliberately sin and you're just indifferent to the seriousness of your sin. Because it's not about the size of your sin, it's about the God that you've sinned against. But that same holy and righteous and bigger than we can imagine God is the one who sent his very son to die for you and to pay the penalty for your sin. It all comes back to God. It's not about us. Um, yeah, I already said 1 John 1, 9, but it's one of the verses I come back to a lot, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, oh, there's a verse in Philippians. I will write it in the description because I don't have the reference. But um, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Sorry, I should have prepared that verse better. But that means God is always going to be working on you and in you. He's the one who's holding on to you. 
So all this to say, I could talk about this forever, but let this be your reminder to let nothing stop you from positive change. Let nothing stop you uh, from repenting and trying to do better. Remember, it all comes from Jesus. So repentance includes turning away from your sin and uh, confessing it to the Lord and asking him to help you do better. Put that sin away from you, replace it with obedience. So even if you know all this, it's still a little scary. And it's the last thing the enemy wants you to do. But the rewards are so much greater. I would recommend reading Psalms 32 and Psalm 51 as are great examples of the benefits of repentance. Okay, so I have to be done. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to end my segments um, with just something I'm looking forward to. And something I'm looking forward to this week, I actually don't know when I'm going to release this episode, so this is going to be August 12th. I am finally going to get to see the Perseoid <laughs> Perseid? The meteor shower on August 12th. I'm finally going to get to go see it. Now, my family, my parents hate staying up late, doing exciting things like that. So this is like the first year I'm going to be able to stay up late with some friends and see the meteor shower. So I'm hoping that goes well. I'm not a photographer, so I don't think my iPhone camera is going to pick anything up. So it'll just be for the memories. I'll have to live in the moment. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening and have a great week. Bye.